You got the chill. The chill, chill, chill. Everybody's ego takes a shot on this show. This is Rutledge and Hamilton with Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton, presented by Coors Light on 100.5 ESPN. We're kind of still working through that. We've been so focused on the draft. We've had some preliminary conversations, but we'll get to that before Tuesday. What would be the reason not to? It's a lot of money for a guy who hasn't played, but um, at the same time, obviously, we're, we're moving forward with him, so we'll, we'll figure that out by Tuesday. Broadcasting live from the ESPN Madison studio with Matt Hamilton, here's Jim Rutledge. Brian Gutenkunst talking about his future, Jordan Love. And we'll get into should the Packers extend a or pick up his fifth-year option for Jordan Love, offer a contract renegotiation extension, which I think could be the realest option out there. But uh, we'll get into that. But it is draft day. It is Monday. Matt Hamilton is off curling. Alex Stroh is with me. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue. You know what to do. And that's cross a Coors Light. Absolutely. And if you ask any Packer fan or any fan of any NFL team, their team absolutely crushed it. But I would like to lead with these two stats today. 4% of seventh-round draft picks start NFL games, and 30% of seventh-round draft picks make NFL rosters. Mm. So just understand this. None of us know anything, including the teams. So much of this is projection. And for me... I take away from an NFL draft value because it, to me it's like the stock market. That's why Mel Kuyper, I like his draft grades because he talks about, yes, it's a little bit about where he has these players, yeah. but in general when he gives the Green Bay Packers a B plus, I think that's fair. I don't know how it'll shake out in the end, but it's based off value. The Packers made a lot of picks. They made, I think, mostly high-value picks. Yeah. They reached a little bit for Reed, but they also traded down some and were able to get some other picks other places. And Reed wasn't some sort of... Jaden Reed from Michigan State wasn't some sort of massive reach. But to me, they made one massive error. <laughs> and that's... Uh, I imagine we agree on this the, one. The Penn State quarterback. Yeah. And Sean Clifford. Yeah. Sean Clifford, yep. And that's it. Like, that's it. I mean, that was an F. So if you get a B-plus with an F, when you're talking about what the value was for him... yeah. He's not your quarterback of the future. No. You, he's probably not going to be your backup this year, and you probably could have gotten him as an undrafted free agent. And if you don't think he's going to be your backup quarterback immediately, and if you don't think he's going to be your quarterback of the future, there's no need you had to take him in the fifth round, yeah, no matter get how much either. you loved him. And I, I saw my favorite thing on social media was all the memes of like Sean Clifford being drafted. Like, oh, wait, me? Like, yeah, right. Like he right. was surprised he was drafted as well. I'm sure they basically were expecting an undrafted free agent call for him. But setting that aside, Alex Strove. Yes. Uh, the Mountains of Blue, you know what to do. That's Crush Coors Light. So what player yep. in this draft had you most excited that you wanted to crush a Coors Light after the Packers took him? Yeah, so it took me a couple days, but I've come around to the first-round pick, Lucas Van Ness. Okay. Um, I, I've seen a lot of pro-Van S propaganda over the weekend. Uh, we were talking off the air a little bit. I, I saw a video, a compilation of him uh, you know, playing against Paris Johnson and Peter Skaronsky, who were both first-round offensive linemen, mm-hmm. and he just dominated them, which was very fun to see. Uh, the other pick I'm very intrigued by would be the second tight end they drafted, Tucker Crap from South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits. Yards after catch, it's physical, good vertical speed. I like that pick. I, I think it's intriguing. And again, let's keep in mind, I didn't know who Tucker Craft was 72 <laughs> right. hours ago. No, they're so, all going to be great. So take this off with a grain of salt. But 
I am very intrigued by that pick. 6'5", 255, and Luke Musgrave, the other uh, tight end they, they drafted, I think somewhere like 6'6", 250 or something. Like, they've got good size in the tight ends they drafted, both uh, both on day two. So, look, I'm happy with the draft. But again, most of these guys, I have no idea who the hell they were on Friday. Right. So, you got to take it all with a uh, grain of salt. I will say also, Jim, yeah. the fifth-round receiver they took out of Virginia, his name is Don Tavian Wicks. Just a badass name. Absolutely, That's the name I got to get behind. So that would I'm, be I'm all in on Don Tavian. He'd be a first round name draft pick from this. Draft. Oh, for sure. Yeah, D O N T A Y V I O N. Don Tavian. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. We're going to post an Iron Jock poll question, which is going to be, "What grade do you give the Packers draft?" And we're just going to go A B C. Nobody's out here getting D's and F's. So A B C. That'll be our first Iron Jock poll question. But I want you to call in or text in eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. Uh, who was your favorite pick from the Packers draft uh, over the weekend? Uh, we, we are at Jim and Matt on Twitter, at ESPN Madison. We're streaming on uh, Twitter and YouTube. And you can get into the show, 844-770-3776, live from the Spark Building. So there is that first-round pick, Lucas Van Ness, uh, outside linebacker, Iowa. I think in a perfect world, it's him, and Preston, or it's him replacing Preston Smith. Uh, Rashawn Gary in two years. That's your outside linebacker. Yeah. Oddly, oddly enough, Jimmy, his his big comp that everybody because they do all the player comparisons. Lucas Van Ness's player comparison, most notably, was Preston Smith. And I think that's a fair. He, I remind, he reminds me a lot of Rashawn Gary in the idea that yeah. I think that it's going to take Lucas a few years to reach full potential, and hopefully he stays healthier. Than he's Gary. young and he's big, yep. right? He's he's physical. He, he can be dominant. I mean, uh, to, to go back to the video I was alluding to, the Van Ness propaganda, as I'm calling yep. it. Uh, him against Skaronski and Paris Johnson. That's all Johnson. these videos are. Oh, of course, right? But you got to get excited in April about football because you're not actually going to see Lucas Van Ness right. play a meaningful snap until the preseason at the earliest, right? So you've got to you've got to get excited about it. But he's yeah, he's he's physical, he's big, and he's young. He's only 21 years old. He'll turn 22 in July, so he's exciting. Uh, the tight ends and the and Jaden Reed. Yeah, the wide so let me write through these. Go ahead. Luke Luke Musgrave, tight end from Oregon State. Again, eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. If you want to chime in with your favorite pick from the Green Bay Packers, because Alex and I have come to the conclusion. Go ahead and love, love everyone except for Clifford. That was a stupid and horrendous pick. The kicker too. I would throw that out. Okay, and the kicker one. Andrews I actually Carlson. defend that one more, and maybe that'll be our second. Secondary Iron Jack poll question: Which pick was more ridiculous, the quarterback the or the, or the quarterback? Ah, oh, I actually don't hate that. We'll get to that one a little bit later, and you can chime in on it now. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. Luke Musgrave. The only concern I see for him is that he doesn't have a ton of production because yeah. of injuries in the offense there. But he shows all the physical tools, and I think he did enough at Oregon State to. Uh, you know, and him and uh, Jordan Love can bond over Gary Anderson stories. Probably is probably, probably some sort yeah. of crossover there. But he did enough to, to be worthy of this pick. He, I think, some people had him as a, a first rounder. So I think that's a really great value pick. And you're plugging a position of need as well. Then you have Jaden Reed, the wide receiver. Now I don't love the comps, as I see plenty of people out here trying to compare him to Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb was a an abnormality, and I mean it's in a good way. Most guys like Randall Cobb struggle to be as impactful as Randall Cobb was in the NFL because of their size. Yeah. So you can't just say Randall Cobb did it with Aaron Rodgers, by the way, and he didn't do it with anyone else, really, that now Jaden Reed will do it. I think Jaden Reed was a smart pick. I think he is still more of a, a gadget. I don't even know if he's like a true, like your number three or your slot receiver, but I think he can be a really, uh, what's the word, like a toolsy player. Like yeah. you can use him, a, ga- a gadget player, but not in a bad way. I think he can be a lot of things in this offense. So what you're saying is Jaden Reed is Debo Samuel. <laughs> Maybe more Tyler Irvin. Half the size. I think Jalen Reed can be a weapon. 
Yeah. But and, but is, if he's going to go out and catch 60, 70 passes like Randall Cobb did at his most, that's a lot to ask. Could he score five meaningful touchdowns a year? Yeah, and that's great out of a third rounder. Yeah, and this, maybe he's more. This is this is the pick I've read the most into because I really didn't know a ton about him outside of when the Badgers went to overtime with Michigan State. And he had a great game that game, right? I think he threw for a touchdown in that game, if I'm not mistaken. He's incredibly talented. Um, and, you know, he, he had some big plays over the middle uh, against Wisconsin, which, reading into him, uh, apparently over the middle is kind of where he struggles, right? Like, creating Not separation, he's only six foot, right? So, he, he is kind of a gadget, like, high ceiling type of player, but there are a lot of question marks with him. So, that doesn't address the immediate need for wide receivers that can be productive this year, right? That That is the one flaw with Jaden Reed, but he's young. As he develops, maybe he can become a Randall Cobb-esque type player, but right now I just I, I have a hard time believing he'll be a, a huge impact player in 2023. And we'll get into this in a little bit, but not a lot of these picks look like, or any of these look like, they will be high-impact players. For example, if but Rashawn that's, Gary that's is healthy, Lucas Van Ness is not starting. I don't know, Jim. I don't think they're not going to start. I mean, to sound like Tony Romo there, but um, I, I, I think Van S will. Maybe he won't start because he didn't in college, right? That's what we were all he'll talking play. about on Friday. But he'll play. Yeah, he'll do maybe so, what he did at Iowa. Is play a lot. Two things with this: I, I, they drafted for the future. Yeah, and we've been saying it over and over again. As we let's get through the picks here a little bit more. Tucker Craft is another one. Uh, tight end, South Dakota State. You talked about him. Yeah, I like him. A lot of to like about him, but he is coming from South Dakota State. Mo- the most realistic expectation for him is that it's going to take him at least half the season and maybe a whole season to develop into the as, as into the type of prospect he can be. So again, he might be playing minutes uh, and getting snaps, but how how impactful is he early on? Yeah, Colby Wooden is a guy that I do think. Because he played at Alabama, because of his size, maybe he's in that rotation a little bit Played quicker. in Alabama, played at Auburn. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry, Auburn. Yeah. So that's a guy that I think can be a rotational player. Agreed. Quick. And that's that's the last pick I really know anything about, right, is what I, what I do know about why they drafted him is because you lose Jaron Reed and Dean Lowry. So you lose a ton of rotational snaps in the defensive line. You needed to fill a hole. Wooden's a depth piece. Huge body. I mean, that's the biggest guy they drafted this weekend. Uh, I think he's almost three hundred pounds, like six foot five. He's a big body, and that—that's what's exciting. But he'll be a depth piece. He'll see some snaps this year, right? As yeah. a fourth rounder. But as we go further and further down, thirteen and- selections made this year. That's fun. Um, but uh, I, from here, this point forward, it's anybody's ball game. Well, absolutely, and I agree that um, all these other names, you can get excited about them, but we just don't know. Right. Uh, as you talked about, uh, Wicks from, where is he from, Virginia? Virginia, yeah. Uh, Clifford, we know, is not going to be impactful. Carl Brooks, maybe he put up a lot of sacks in college, but I don't know. Another depth piece, yeah. Uh, Carrington Valentine, scream special teamer, maybe in the future he's Yeah, that was a Basaccia pick I read. Uh, Lou Nichols, he could be a, a, a practice squad guy this year, and maybe yeah, he makes I, I team no next clue year. On him. Anthony Johnson Jr. People get super excited about him. To expect anything but him to make the roster yeah. is unfair. I think people are excited because he has a cool story, and I don't know if you know it. Uh, it's it's a quick one, right? Yeah. He, he played at Iowa State. Um, he was a cornerback through the first four years he was at Iowa State. He was going to leave last year and enter the draft, but he he went back to school because the coach at at Iowa State, whose name I'm blanking, Matt on, Campbell. Matt Campbell, thank you very much. Um, said, hey, you're probably going to be a safety in the league. Maybe you should come back and switch to safety. So he played safety for the first time last year and was drafted, obviously, as a safety. Um, so that's why people are excited about him. He's a little bit older. 
He made the switch in college, so he has some safety experience. And we know that is the biggest hole on the Packers roster now at post-draft is safety. So there will be opportunity there for him, but I'm with you. To expect him to be a starter as a seventh-round pick, little insane. Anders Carlson is probably the guy, good or bad, that will be the most impactful this season. Honestly, he might have the biggest impact on the year, good or bad. Because if he's your kicker, he's going to play a ton. And I hate drafting a kicker. I don't I just, I just hate it. 844-770-3776. The Adam Madison chimes in. Who comp Van Ness to Preston Smith? I saw on draft night his comp was Rashawn Gary. I saw another that said TJ Watt and Nick Bosa, which is a hell of a stretch, but Van Ness might be a starter. I think he'll play a lot inside with Gary and Preston healthy since we lost Lowry and Reed. It's just a lot to ask a guy who didn't start. I'm not saying he can't, but there's a reason why he didn't start in college, and that's because he still is a better specialist, and they wanted to use him more specialist. And there were better players out there. Well, and the so, whole Iowa senior thing is right, why but he didn't start. Still, he played almost a thousand snaps. He played college. plenty, but yeah. I do think that start or not start, it's like a it's like a nickel back in in the NFL now too. Like, okay, maybe you're not technically a starter, but you're essentially taking a lot of snaps. It could sure. be game to game, but I think. I think he will start, but that's, I don't think Rashawn Gary is going to be healthy enough to play. So I mean, not that's early, not. Yeah. So I think when Gary is back, then Ness will be in certain spots. It's just he's still a little bit more of he's not looks like Tarzan plays like Jane, but his production, much like Gary, didn't match his physicality. Yeah. But I, you take guys like this. I like the pick of Van Ness. It's not a bad pick. JJ uh, JJ and Ponette chimes in. I'd give the draft a B. I don't know enough about any of the picks to disagree with Kuiper. I'm with you, JJ. 844-770-3776. Kuiper gave him a B plus. I'll ride with that because, again, what I like to go on is more of perceived value. Yeah. And the only guy they really went out of pocket for was the quarterback Clifford. Everything else fell within a close enough range where you feel comfortable about it. Uh, who knows what's going to happen, but to say that anyone for sure knows what any of these players are going to be is a tad ridiculous. But I do think we still need to remember, and the Packers are reminding us every second of every day, they're probably going to be worse this year than they were last year. You removed a fringe Pro Bowl quarterback who's one year removed from an MVP who, even though his stats didn't live up to his normal numbers, had moments throughout the year that won you games. Jordan Love's probably not going to go out and win that Dallas game from last year. He probably loses that Bear game when they're down in Chicago pretty big. Rodgers didn't blink. He's been playing in the NFL forever. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of games that Aaron Rodgers pulled out that were tight that Jordan Love won't. Doesn't mean he's not good. I'm just saying preparing yourself this year because the Packers are telling you every step of the way with their draft picks, with what they're doing in free agency, uh, with the contracts they're not extending or are extending or letting people walk, they are telling you we're going to play a bunch of young players and we're going to see how they react when we make them sink or swim. And then after that, we'll have a really good feel for what we have. We'll have $50 million in cap space, depending on what you, and that's assuming they bring back Jordan Love on that, that um, picking up his option. And then you can fill out the roster a little bit more. This could be a two-year build back to where the Packers were in their prime. And that's best-case scenario. But best-case scenario, to get back to where you were, most likely it's going to take two years. It could take ten. But I think they're on a <sighs> two-year, not a rebuilding plan, but a two-year plan that says we need to flush out some of the older guys, we need to see what these young guys have, continue to acquire draft picks, and if I'm a Packer fan, as of now, going into next year, I'm looking at it and saying, I want Jordan Love to look good, and I want all these young guys to look good. Wins and losses be damned. 
Like if you go into saying, I got to win the division for the season to be fun, right. that's going to be tough. If you go in and say, I just want these young guys to look good so I'm excited for the next couple of years, I think you'll have an enjoyable season. Yeah, I, I'm speaking from experience. No, yeah, absolutely, and that's that's pretty much where I'm at, right? Like the expectations are not high, rightfully so, because to your point, you lose Aaron Rodgers, you lose the ability to win a lot of games. You hope to God, you pray on two knees every night that Jordan Love looks serviceable at the very least, if not awesome, but it's not very likely. You just hope for the best, and, and if he looks serviceable, that's still probably that's a, a three. Lo- but that's still probably three losses in the loss column down from Rodgers. Yeah, you know, I, I hope, and Rodgers obviously had a down year last year, right? And, and again, we're not going to do the debate of how much you can blame on the thumb and the ribs and whatnot, but he had a fine year. If Jordan Love goes out and throws for, I, I think it was like 26 and 12, 26 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, you call that a win, which is what Rodgers did last year. So, but again, that's, that's what you not, for. You know it's more than the stats for Rodgers. I just gave you examples. I know, that I know. I'm talking wins and losses, that you can still put up numbers and lose games. Right. Ask Jared Goff. There's plenty of court. Kirk Cousins puts up numbers and doesn't win the, all the games that he plays in, even if he does have big moments. <laughs> but then other, he's very up and down. And right. it really is about the breaks with him. It's more about what are the other guys on his team doing for him. Yeah. That Jordan Love could put up some 26 touchdowns. That's not a massive number. But if those 26 touchdowns are empty calories, which is the more likely scenario, True. I would say Aaron Rodgers' 26 touchdowns were very full calories. When you look at how much... How many wins do you think Aaron Rodgers won you last year over the average quarterback? Uh, well, four? he won eight games. Yeah, probably like three or four. If you rolled out there with Jimmy, like well, average quarterback, Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo with this sure. roster, sure. Yeah, they're not winning. What did they win? Seven games last they year. Went, they went eight. Yeah, so eight games. I mean, that Miami game, you would definitely say Rodgers probably. They don't win that game without him. The, yeah. the Cowboys game, I would Cowboys. argue too. Yeah. That's two wins. The, right I think there. the second Bear game, the Bears were up, and Aaron true, just didn't blink true. and made a couple throws, and then that yeah. was that. Yeah. And then he lost both the Detroit games. So I guess it all evens out in the end. <laughs> that is true. Uh, 844-770-3776. What uh, grade do you give the draft and who was your favorite pick? This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. Be oh just a little loco like what's in Acapulco. I'm just riding the wave. Baby, oh oh, just a little loco. Emotions like a yo yo, but I love you that way. Breaking news! Signups are now open for the inaugural ESPN Madison Open. Head to ESPNMadisonOpen.com to purchase your foursome today. The ESPN Madison Open tees off July 17th at Trapper's Turn in the Wisconsin Dells. We're partnering, of course, with our great friends at Coors Light. We're raising money for the Catch Foundation. This is a premier event that you can experience, too. Food, Coors Light, swag, some Iron Jack gear, while getting 18 holes at Wisconsin's best course. At least one of my favorites, Trapper's Turn in the Wisconsin Dells. Matt Hamilton, Mark Tauscher will be there. You can meet them, take a picture, get an autograph. Spots are limited. Go to ESPNMadisonOpen.com. That's ESPNMadisonOpen.com to be a part of it. Alex, are you golfing in this? Uh, I don't know if I'll be golfing in it, but I will definitely be there. Um, it depends if anybody allows me on their team. Uh, so, no. Sh- sh- yeah, there. probably not. Uh, should also be noted, if you sign up now, you also get a uh, – every golfer gets a free ticket to the Battle for Wisconsin Charity Softball game. 
uh, at the Duck Pod, the home of the Mallards, Warner Park, uh, two days before that, Saturday, July 15th. So you can make a whole weekend out of this thing. Take Monday off, come golf with us, get to go to the softball game the Saturday before, ESPNMadisonOpen.com. 844-770-3776, how you get into the show. This is Rutledge and Hamilton. He's Strofe. I'm Rutledge. Matt is curling. How are we feeling? I thought the season was over. Anyway, go on. I don't know what he's doing. Uh, <laughs> but how are we feeling about Aaron Rodgers yeah. practicing right now with the New York Jets, which is something he did not do the last few years with the Packers? And not only that, Alex, at the Rangers game. At the Knicks game. At the Knicks game. He is making the rounds. He is Mr. New York right yeah, now. He is. he is doing everything that he used to do for the Packers. Is is this giving off like like stepmom like the Jets like stepmom vibes like your da- your dad's doing all the things. And I said this we said this was going to happen. He's doing all the things that Packer fans and the Packers organization were asking him to do that he just couldn't be bothered with. And now he's out there in New York. He's at the games, he's smiling. He's at practice. There's not just one day of videos. Yeah. There's multiple days of videos. He's smiling. It bothers me. He's a got bit. a haircut. It bothers me a little bit. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. Are you bothered at all by this new engaged Aaron Rodgers practicing, going to events in New York? I mean, this guy looks all in with the Jets. Look, he needed a change of scenery. We all knew that, and clearly, it's been good for him at least so far. Um, and I think it'll be good for the Packers too. But yeah, it bothers me a little bit that he's so eager to get to work with the with the young receiving core of the New York Jets when he was in a situation a year ago with a young receiving core of the Green Bay Packers. Now, again, I don't think Aaron Rodgers showing up to offseason workouts a year ago would have resulted in the Packers making the playoffs. I don't think it moves the needle that much. But it would have been nice to see the guy bought in entirely, which he now is with the Jets, and now we can definitively say he was not at the end with the Packers. It removes the excuse from fans. It removes the the layer of just things you can rip him on yeah. for Aaron Rodgers just showing up. It, it shows that he would be engaged. He's showing the Jets that he is engaged. And... It is, it is tough. Uh, the Adam Madison chimes in. I got a big laugh from the Jets. First round pick was a defensive player instead of an old lineman. Yeah, but Tipman. Tipman. That's. I think that's a hell of a pick. Then they picked the running back from Pittsburgh a little bit later, and they picked another massive offensive lineman. So I get it, the Adam Madison. But also, I don't hate a defensive minded coach taking a defensive player. But the shots, I think, are going to continue to come. We heard. Aaron Rodgers talked about how Robert Sala and Alpha, does that imply yep. that Matt LaFleur is a beta? I don't, know, I don't know what all that means, but there is a lot of things being left in, the, in between the lines yep. from Aaron Rodgers with the Jets, but regardless, he looks like a guy who is actually engaged as part of that team relationship there. Meanwhile, in Green Bay, as Darren Deerfield chimes in, I'm hearing reports the Packers aren't picking up Love's fifth-year option. Is that true? Does that mean they're not confident that he's the guy? So, Daryl, I don't know what it means. 844 field has got the scoop? Is that what you're telling me? Uh, 844-770-3776. But I think it does beg the question. What is this saying about Jordan Love if the Packers don't pick up the fifth-year option? And I think it's the smart move. If I'm the Packers, I wouldn't pick up the fifth-year option. It is actually the... The practical move. Yes, you might. If you get burned, like the Giants get burned, and they did, like that kind of sucks for the Giants because yeah. now they have to pay Daniel Jones more, more money than he's worth. That's what I but worry about. But you don't have to make the same mistake. And the other part of it is your roster is not positioned to win. I don't think 
like the Giants roster was. So they had Saquon Barkley, they had other players, and Daniel Jones just looked competent, and now they were able to win enough to make the playoffs. If Jordan Love goes out and looks maybe even similar stats to Daniel Jones, but the Packers win five games, you can justify walking away or giving him a lesser contract. So that's where you have the win. The only way you're getting burned by not picking up the fifth-year option for Jordan Love is if he just balls out. And then you pick up the franchise tag and you deal with it. Like That's a problem you're willing to have. But I think the smart football decision is not picking up Jordan Love's fifth-year option. Now, what does that say to Jordan Love? What does that do to his confidence? What does that do to his long-term commitment to the team? I'll tell you what. The Packers have not shown an indication ever to give a damn about the feelings of their quarterback, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. And I don't know, man. It's it's a fascinating situation because we've been operating on the premise all offseason long that the Packers will no doubt pick up Jordan Love's fifth-year option once Aaron Rodgers is traded. We are now 24 and a half hours away from the deadline, and... There hasn't been a peep out of Green Bay outside of Goody essentially saying, yeah, the only reason we wouldn't is because he hasn't played much, and it's a lot of money for a guy like that. And so that, uh, look, and I, I think Goody probably just misspoke because he knows that's his guy. He's operated like it's his guy. He understands his legacy pick as the general manager of the Green Bay Packers is Jordan Love. I think they'll eventually pick it up. It's just strange to me that it's taking so long because it shouldn't be this complicated, right? The Broncos got it done with Jerry Judy first thing this morning after the draft weekend came to an end. I am confused as to why it has taken so long. What's wrong? My contact fell out, but it looks like that is not like water I could pour on my contact. I mean, it's water. And you had a sip of it already, though? Uh, Yeah. Then I'm not going to pour it on my contact. No offense. So I will take care of that in a minute, but you you did. I was just trying to see if I had options here. I'll take care of it in a second. Uh, Okay, you shouldn't just hang on to your contact. Why don't you go do that? All right. Well, we're at a two thirty-two, but you can. I'm gonna go. Alex can close yeah, it out here. Go. I'm gonna get you my go. contact back in my. I can put it right back in my. I, eye. I love live radio. Yeah. yeah. Try doing that. All right. It's Rutledge and Hamilton. He's Jim Rutledge. I'm Alex Strope. We have live radio contact stuff going on. That's why we uh, love streaming on video on Twitter at Jim and Matt on YouTube at ESPN Madison. All right. I'm back. All right. Welcome back. You good? Yep. Uh, yep. Tim from Cambria, non. Ironically, chimes in. Let's see how well those Jets fans love him if he loses the first four games of the season. Tim, I don't think that's happening. The Jets, their schedule's pretty soft. And on paper, this Jets team is better than the Packers team last year. Oh, without a doubt, dude. And now you plugged in Aaron Rodgers. That defense is debatably the best Rodgers has ever played with, as long as they live up to the hype, right? Like they had such a good year a year ago. If they live up to that hype, Rodgers is going to be really successful in New York. That's what worries me. Because. Look, the Packers get a first-round pick out of this, more than likely, as long as he stays healthy. So that makes it a good deal, in my opinion, because you get something for a guy in, in, in terms of a first-round pick um, that wasn't going to play for you anyway. He was 90% retired three months ago. So you're happy with the return, but Rodgers looks motivated as hell. You mentioned it before, right? Like fresh haircut, engaged, drinking in the New York lifestyle, showing up at Rangers and, and Knicks games. He's at the offseason program. He's motivated, and as we've talked about numerous times, Aaron Rodgers is at his best when there's a chip on his shoulder. And I'm pretty sure that chip this year is the size of Green Bay, Wisconsin. So we will see what happens. I agree. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, and here's, here's the thing. You can talk about the hall all you want, and this is what I was saying when it happened. If Aaron Rodgers goes out and plays like an MVP and takes the Jets to the FC Championship game, this trade sucks. 
Like it just is a kick. It's gonna burn. And a jump. It's gonna it's gonna burn regardless. But it's gonna burn really bad if Aaron plays really well. Yeah, if they go like six and eleven, you're not burn, gonna care at all about your return if Aaron's playing in the FC Championship game. You're right. It's just it, that's those are the facts, and the return really can never match what Aaron. And I know he can't. I know he can't do that, or wasn't gonna do that for the Packers. But it still doesn't change the fact that it got to this point with yeah. the Packers that no, you didn't right. have him. So. There's no sugarcoating it that if Aaron Rodgers continues to do well in New York, it's going to sting worse by the day for Packer fans. Let's get out to John and Madison. Wants to talk a little Rodgers and Jordan Love. John, how you doing? Yeah, good guys. Uh, I'll start with Jordan Love. I think they're not going to pick up the fifth year. I think they're going to do a little uh, cost-benefit and uh, risk assessment work with him. And they're probably going to offer him like a three-year, $30 million contract with a lot of guaranteed money. That'll be more than the one-year guarantee, but it'll be lower on a per-annual basis. And he'll be good with that because, like you said, he hasn't had time to prove anything. And uh, for Rodgers, I really don't care that he's there for the the preseason workouts with the young guys. I think that'll really let everybody see what he still does have in the tank. And I think he's a great quarterback, but, you know, Worrying that he didn't do that with the Packers uh, is kind of small package energy for people that are worrying about that. We got a guy that's committed to us in love, and we just got to support him and see what what happens. Thanks for the call. Do we know that Jordan Love is committed to the Packers? Remember, there was talk. Oh, stop But I'm asking you this, that if Jordan Love, if the Packers didn't pick up this option, why is Jordan Love signing? Let's say this deal that John created, which is what, three years, $20 million, and maybe 10 of it's guaranteed? I think he said 3 and 30. But yeah. 3 and 30, but maybe 20 overall. Like, why is he signing it? It only screws Jordan Love. Because if Jordan Love right. goes out, like, that's where the problem lies, is that I don't see a scenario where it is smart business for Jordan Love to sign some sort of extension unless he's guaranteed more than $20 million, Because why is he hurting himself for an organization? That hasn't shown him any loyalty yet. Now, you know what I hate, Jim? And, and you know, I, I like John's idea in premise, but we can't operate on the basis that Jordan Love is clueless, right? Like, exactly. He knows that's a bad deal for him. The, 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 the option is $20 million. Or blindly <laughs> married to the Packers where I don't know how much truth there was to it, but it seemed a foregone conclusion that if Aaron Rodgers somehow ended up back up in Green Bay, a lot of people were like, Jordan Love's probably going to want out. Yeah. Like, he wasn't going to be happy. So. No, he's, he's, it's his time to shine, and it was going to be here or elsewhere. And ultimately, we know what happened, right? It's, it's Jordan Love's time to shine in Green Bay now. But, yeah, he's not going to sign a deal for three. three and and cut off, like, he's, he's, right now, Jordan Love, best case scenario, has maybe two paydays in him. Yeah. If he plays at a, an elite level. He might only have one payday in him. Yeah. And that payday might just be the fifth-year option. And that's it. And that's a hell of a payday for him. I hope not. I hope you're wrong on that, but you are right. If you're playing the odds, that's the most likely scenario that you're his correct. biggest payday, at least as far as guaranteed money, might be that $20 million. He's not going to walk away from that. Nor is he going to sign a three-year, $30 million deal that guarantees him 20 when he can just get it. Because yeah. you can go out and be a backup quarterback. And I think Mitch Trubisky got 6 or $7 million. Marcus Mariota got 8 or $9 Like You can go out and get money immediately and be a backup. And Love will have that opportunity to bounce around the league a little bit as a backup if he didn't work out here. So... I think he would. I mean, he would happily, and I think he'd be very happy with that fifth-year option. I don't know what the Packers are going to do, but I don't see a world where Jordan Love, who is not, a, he plays for the Packers, but he's not an idiot. He's not. He's not a Packer fan. He's like, yeah, just give me the best deal for the team. Yeah, the team has shown no loyalty yet. Maybe they will, but they're also coming off 
ending things horrendously with their last two star quarterbacks, Jordan Love might say, you know what? I'm just going to do what's best for me. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. Understands that he's the guy in charge. He's going to be the guy in the huddle, and you know he's got to be an extension of us. You know, we're excited for him. Get a lot of confidence in him. JJ and Ponette chimes in. I hope Goody misspoke on that last quote, or it is further evidence he can't make up his mind on what direction to move his team. I think the jury's still out on, on Goody. I, it is funny that everyone who wants to defend him is out there spiking the, the goal line because their Packers are regularly getting B-plus or A grades yeah. uh, from the draft, which, look, that's a good sign. I'm sure there's going to be good players out of this draft, but Goody's going to be defined by what happens with Jordan Love. I saw Colin yeah. Cowherd tweet out uh, on Saturday, I believe, or maybe it was Sunday morning, well, no matter what happens with Jordan Love, Packers front office can't be blamed. They gave him all the tools. Uh, they 100% can be blamed because it's their guy. You can't be like, I don't know what's going on. This guy stinks. <laughs> Who drafted him? Us. Where'd he, get, where'd he come from? So like that that like made me literally laugh out loud because it doesn't make any sense. If Jordan Love doesn't work out, it is a goody problem. It is. Yeah. What is more likely, Alex Strofe? And you can chime in 844-770-3776. Chime in the show. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. He's Strofe. I'm Rutledge. What's more likely? Goody winning uh, GM of the year in the next three years or being fired over the next three years? Oh, um, so I, I so go back. Two more off go, seasons after this one. So I go back and forth on the leash that Goody actually has. Right? Is it a year? Is it five years? Like, what is Goody's leash, and how much time does he actually have to get this thing back up and running? Because obviously, Jordan Love is his pick. The reason Jordan Love is lacking weapons is because the general manager didn't bring any in. So what is Goody like? I really don't know the answer to that question. So I would I would probably say it's more likely he wins GM of the year because I think he has more than you'd anticipate. Because one of two things needs to happen in order for him to get fired, right? Either a Mark Murphy fires him, not happening before he retires, or b the board of directors goes to Mark Murphy and says, "Hey, we've unanimously said Goody's got to go," which I don't think that happens either. So I would say it's more likely he wins GM of the year, but I also don't think that's very likely. Well, and so that's an interesting take on an 844-770-3776. What's more likely to happen over the next three years? Goody wins uh, GM of the year or he's fired. You're going more procedural, which is a, a good take on it because you work on the league. Most GMs, I can't say all definitively, but most GMs get one QB. Yep. Look down to the south. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Pace got Trubisky. Yep. Now, he did take Justin Fields, but the team was already so far gone that him and Nagy didn't have the opportunity to really develop Justin Fields. In fact, all they really did is set him back a year because totally. had him for a year and the offense didn't fit. They didn't fit around him, and now they had to start over last year in Chicago with Fields. So even if you get to pick that second QB, you're usually gone if your first QB pick doesn't hit. Yeah. Now, Goody strategically picking it when it's Aaron Rodgers here may have bought himself some more time. But if, if Jordan Love's not the guy, and this is not far-fetched, and say, or even if he's okay, the Packers win six games this year. And then they're better, mm-hmm. and they. But let's just say they win eight. Things yeah. go wrong the next year, so they go six to eight. 
And Jordan Love not looking like the guy though. They have to reset it all. And so that's what, that's when he loses at everybody. And that's for not, sure. and that's that's the third year. Like if they're bad this year, Goody's officially on the uh, clock. I don't like pessimism on a Monday, Jimmy. I want to be happy. Is it pessimistic? Like no, the guy can't pick out quarterback. Like, his first guy was Drew Luck. He told Aaron Rodgers to get gone. We don't know what Jordan Love is, and he dropped it Sean Clifford out of nowhere. He could have signed Sean Clifford three days from now. He wasn't going to get a deal. Dane Brugler had Sean Clifford as the 20th rated quarterback in this draft. This isn't like, oh, I went to a guy that's maybe viewed as a sixth rounder or, or maybe high seventh rounder. I took him in the fifth. No, you took a guy that every draft publication out there had at the bottom of their QB list, like Joel Stave level. This is all, this is basically the Packers drafting Joel Stave in the fifth round. And how yeah. would you feel about that? Not 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 great. Jim would be the answer. Uh, the other thing that I think people are underplaying to your point is. Jaden Reed was like n- not in the top twenty wide receiver rankings, and he went high. And I, I get wide receivers are so hard to evaluate, but he was ranked pretty darn low uh, at his position, and, and he went in the second round. So I saw most mocks for him third or fourth. So again, that's not. I saw lower, but I, I, everybody's different. Again, that's you, not you can wild. Never predict it, right? And, and that one, but, but Clifford makes no sense. I'm with you on that. And, and they also traded down and got like Reed is someone like if you really feel like you have to have Reed and he is a weapon that you're going to use this this tool you can use all over the field. Okay, I might disagree with you. Yeah, I mean, I could be. I'm excited about Tyler Scott on the reverse side for the Bears, who was supposed to go in the second round. He fell to the fifth or the fourth. Or, yeah, fourth round. So. That's the reverse side of it. Smaller guy and gadgety player. We'll see what happens. But I don't know what these players are going to be. And if Reed turns out to be a fine player, that's not such a big deal. But I get your point. But I'm more okay with it on a wide receiver position because if you feel like you have to have that guy, it's hard to figure out when a run's going to come. Yeah. But Clifford, like, honestly, I would love if we could put truth serum in, in Clifford's coffee and be like, dude, how many teams were like actually even like interested in you at all? Like, yeah. Did you think you were going to get drafted? He, he had a top 30 visit with the Packers, but he said they haven't talked to him since. So There are undrafted free agents who have higher QB grades who are signing, who are signing deals on Sunday night. Yeah. yeah. That, that's the only, I mean, that's the biggest I don't error. get this pick, but look, let's just be real about what it is. It's, it's a nothing burger. He's it, not going to be a starter. He's, he's, he's probably not going to be the backup this year. He'll probably make the roster. But it's it's a big nothing burger. He's not, he's going to be nothing. He probably won't even be in Green Bay in like three years. I know, but it just and I just go to Chicago because that's the team I follow. Braxton Jones, fifth round pick last year, started every single snap for the Chicago Bears. So like you could get a, you could have yeah. gotten a guy. They're all flyers. You could have gotten a special team. When's player. the last time the Packers didn't draft an offensive lineman? I was trying to figure that out because they didn't draft one this year. They had thirteen picks. They didn't spend one of them on an offensive lineman, which is wild because I do think they need offensive line help. They do. I mean, the interior of their line is not very good. Right, and that's 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 operating under the premise that that Elton Jenkins will swing over to right tackle. Well, and again, this goes back to prepare yourself, Packer fans. That there's a lot of holes on his team, and I don't think we fully grasp. And we've talked about it before, and I've said it a million times. Aaron Rodgers was was reason one, two, three, four, and five. Packers won a lot of their games. Yeah. Not every one of their games. He got up, score. He gives you confidence, like this confidence when you're playing these games. When your team, when the Packers, if the Packers are in the exact same situation this year, where they. They lose and they they need to go on a run to like maybe make their season. They're not doing it with Jordan Love, yeah, because you just can't look. And this is not a knock on Jordan Love, 
All I'm saying is he's not Aaron Rodgers. You can't look Jordan Love in the eye because he has no experience and no uh, pelts on the wall to say, like, I can do this. Yeah, you you hope they almost manufacture confidence in Jordan Love, right? And I think spending the time he has already and will continue to in the offseason with the weapons on offense uh, and the tight end, wide receiver, running back room, like, just manufacture the crap out of confidence for Jordan Love. And when he lines up week one, uh, and we'll find out this week or next week who the Packers will play week one, uh, when he lines up week one, you just hope he's out there confident, swinging, dealing, and, and, and just he is the man, right? And you hope that all of these offseason workouts and the training camp and finally having the monkey of Aaron Rodgers off of his back, it just makes him good enough, right, in terms of the confidence level. I'm not even saying yeah, his play. And that's my whole point. I, think Jordan, I do not think Jordan Love's going to fall on his face and be a disaster. No, I don't either. I just don't think we fully grasp or are just wrapping our brains around, and I don't blame you, Packer fans, for not being able to do this. The drop-off there comes from having one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time behind yeah. center to a essentially a rookie. A first ballot Hall of Famer, Jordan and, Love. So it is, it is such a dramatic drop-off. And I don't know what – but if Jordan Love goes out and puts the same numbers as Aaron Rodgers, the Packers are not winning eight games. They're going to win less because I don't think Jordan will be able to do them in the same moments. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how their offense operates this year because I don't think it'll be the same. As, as years past were used to because, your point, right, like Aaron Rodgers is the ultimate winner and, and he gives you a better chance to win than just about any other quarterback in the league. I think you're going to see a lot more Jones and Dylan this year. And if they, you know, if, they, if they're crushing their numbers from a year ago because they were underutilized, maybe that allows you to win more games and it can open things up and, and make things better or easier over the middle for Jordan Love. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to talk myself into every I possibility. Think, I honestly think Jordan Love could th- go out and throw 26 touchdowns and maybe it's 15 interceptions and 3,000 yards, but the offense you're describing is that's a hard offense. Like That's yeah. an offense that's hard to win games in. Uh, Aaron Rodgers just unlocks so many things. Another point brought in by J.J. and Poinette, 844-770-3776. They never needed that good, offensive, that good of an offensive line with Rodgers. His ability to escape pressure – Blake plays. Think about the center position. Think how many line adjustments Aaron Rodgers made. Oh yeah. So this is not about Jordan Love. I he's as fine as anyone could be as a prospect. I, I I will give him the shot. I'm saying that he has such. Uh, it, it's so hard to fill the shoes of Aaron Rodgers. Forget statistically. Think about the calmness in a game. Think about all the all the uh, different audibles that Aaron Rodgers has made during a game. Think about all the line checks Aaron Rodgers makes in a game. Think about back in the day when Aaron Rodgers and Erlacher would go against each other and are calling out audibles and they're, they're going back and forth in these, these chess matches with the defenses and Aaron Rodgers and, and what a cerebral player he was on top of what a, a massive talent he was. And Jordan Love might get there. And I'm not saying the Packers are bad forever. I'm saying that this upcoming year, even if all these young players look promising, you still could win seven games. Look at look at Jack. Look at look at the Lions. That team is loaded. We're really excited about the Lions could be this year, despite their 1990s first round draft. Yeah, what the hell was that? But they still are, look like a team that we were very excited about, and they ripped off what eight wins in a row, and they won eight games last year. I mean, so it's just all these teams. It's so hard to win in the NFL, yeah. and it's you're. I'm not even saying Jordan Love's going to be bad. I'm just saying that it's good. you don't even realize how amazing Aaron Rodgers was until he's not back there for you. Yeah. yeah. It's, two point, it's going to look very simple. We'll talk about it on the other side. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. 
You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. Michael and Sunny B chimes in. This show is so damn negative. More realistic, Michael. <laughs> I don't understand why people keep saying Packer fans don't know what's coming now that Aaron's gone. I have not spoken to one fan who is unaware of the impending drop off. Apparently, have not. No, it's not because uh, apparently he's not listening to the show because Matt Hamilton is. He's the only one. No, look, this is where I'm. And may, I look, maybe I'm too online. I open up social media and all I see are Packer fans t- telling me how this draft is going to make the Packers win the, the NFC North. And so, well. and maybe it's maybe it's negativity, but this is how I view things. I we talked off the air that if for my mental health last year going into it as a Bears fan, I said I just want my I just want the young players to look good. I don't care about the wins and losses because if I go in there thinking the Bears are going to do anything special, then I'm going to have my heart broken. But if I go into it and say I just want some young players to look like they're promising as part of a rebuild. That made me feel really good. Well, sure. So maybe if that comes across negative, that's just the advice I'm giving you as Packer fans. And if you go into this year and say, you know what, I want Jordan Love to look like he can be an NFL starter. I want Musgraves and uh, some of the other young players, Van Ness and some of these guys, to all look like they can be future players. And that in two years, we can be back to where we were with Aaron Rodgers three or four years ago. And I think that's a fair timeline. That's a realistic timeline. But I also think, and I guess I was trying to get into the legacy of Aaron Rodgers, of I'm not trying to be negative on it. It's just you were so it's you can't even wrap your brain around. Even if you are a Packer fan and you're trying to understand it, Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre were some of the greatest players to ever play the position. And Jordan Love might come out this year and look good and be the fifth best quarterback in the NFC, as opposed to one of the greatest who did it of all time. And set aside yeah. all the veteran side, so. All I'm saying is have realistic expectations for Jordan Love and the team. That if Jordan Love goes out and this team wins six games, but he throws 26 touchdowns and 12 interceptions and looks good doing it, well, now you got something to build on. Yeah, you're right. And I, I certainly uh, do not fall into the category that Matt Hamilton does. Because, look, I, I am realistic, and I understand it's going to be probably a kind of a long year. But there's also the mystery box factor of all this, right? Is what if Love comes in and he doesn't look just competent, he actually looks really good. Right? What if? And that's the little like question mark that I'm hanging on to thinking, huh, what if what if Jordan Love does come in and light the world out on fire? Just is this a 10-win team? Is it a, so there's that mystery factor. See, but the, just... the realistic expectation is this is going to be a backslide. It's going to be a rebuilding year. Hopefully it's only a one-year rebuild. To your point, Love looks good enough. The offense begins to look good enough at the end of the year where these young players have the experience and are building on it and are able to actually understand their role in an NFL game. They're just so young. The Packers are one of the youngest teams in the entire NFL this year. And they lack a lot of experience, especially on the offensive side of the football. And we've run through that a ton today. Wide receiver, tight end, and O-line lacks a lot of experience. And, of course, quarterback, right? I mean, Jordan Love lacks the experience. So... This offense is going to be a major, major work in progress. But I think to, to uh, and I'm sorry, I missed who texted that in Michael. Michael. To, to Michael's point, it's fun in a different way. I love winning, yep. and that's all I'm used to. But this is a fun, exciting season because you have no idea what the hell you're getting yourself into. I just, this could be a 2-15 and 15 year. This could be a 10-7 and seven year. Nobody knows. 
And that's what makes it uniquely fun. And I, usually I wouldn't say this is fun. This is actually hell, kind yeah. of, for most teams. And this is the, but it's, this is how most teams operate on an annual basis. But it hasn't been the Packers for the last 30 years. It can be fun now because it is new to you. If we, right. If we do it for seven years, I'm going to get really sick of it by year three. And it's all different fandoms. And I, I have the same standards for my own team. I just don't talk about it a ton. Like, you ask me off the air all the time. What do you think Chicago's going to do? I don't know. Seth, could they be the Jags or the Lions this year? That'd be great. You sure hope so, yeah. If the Bears go from three to eight or nine wins, what a remarkable jump. And I think Justin Fields can go from uh, a elite runner and a below-average passer as far as consistency to middle-of-the-road passer and elite runner and then maybe takes another step. That, But that's me. Like I'm not expect- Yes, is there a world he can unlock it all and turn into Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts? Sure. Most likely... He gets increment. He gets twenty five percent better than he was last year. Yeah. And now the Bears are better. Everyone's better. like so. For me, Jordan Love is starting this clock now. This year, like if the Packers set up and win six games this year, young players look good, and then the next year is the big one. Can they go from six to ten to then thirteen? What I want more in this world, and you may or may not believe me, is I really, really want Chicago and Green Bay to be battling. I did too for the North. It'd be fun. every year. It'd be fun. I want that badly. Reestablish Chicago. Rivalry. Has has they're the team that hasn't held up their rival, their end of the the donkey here, but that's what I want. I hope Jordan Love looks good. Obviously, I hope that my team comes out better, but I want this to be a back and forth. I want this to feel like it's uh, you know the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs or the Bengals. Like I want that. Imagine how much fun, how much more fun would the NFL season be if it's Chicago and Green Bay battling it out year after year, and one's got Josh Allen and one's got Joe Burrow, their version of it, and they're going at it. Like that would be. The highlight of Jay every, Love and Jay Fields. Ooh, that would be the highlight of every fan out there, Packer or Bears, if they're going back and forth. Yeah, you're right. And it would be it would change the the league. Well, now you're to have two you're teams right. of this premier status to have them both relevant in the, again in the division with great quarterbacks. No, you're right. And I really hope that is the case. I don't think it will be this year again because I, I think the Packers are going to need at least a year. But it'll be fun. Real I, quick note before yeah. we get to break: uh, the Packers have released their rookie jersey numbers. Yeah, there's three I want to tell you about. Number one is Sean Clifford is wearing. Number eight, just like Aaron Rodgers in New York. Uh, my favorite name in the draft that the Packers got, Dontavian Wicks. He is wearing Alan Lazard's number 13. And the kicker they drafted, Anders Carlson, Durs, as I'm going to call him from this point forward. Durs. Why? Uh, half of his name. His name's Anders. I think Durs sounds better. More kickery. Uh, Durs Carlson. Anders sounds kickery. Durs. More than his brother Dan, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Dan. Uh, Durs. Rockin' Devontae Adams, number 17, our new kicker. So there's your, there's your rookie number update for you that I know you were all longing for. Oh, big-time winning numbers. Go be a winner. Go to Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison. Nearly $3 million jackpots, uh, $3 million in jackpots won at Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison just last week. Largest win, $81,000. Go be a winner. Go to Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison. There's been $47 million in jackpots so far this year. Nothing, no good reason not to go. And then on May 27th, they're giving away $500 each to 30 winners as part of their Windy 500 promotion on May 27th. This is Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light.